Welcome to Art Lust Podcast, where we make art accessible for you, our listener. I'm Sophie. And I'm Seema. If you would like to support the podcast today, you can do that by rating, reviewing, and subscribing, especially on Apple Podcasts. And you can find us on Patreon and support us on Patreon. You can do a dollar a month just to show your love. You can do $45 a year, which works out to like $3.50 a month, I believe, for a bonus episode. And then from there, you guys, the incentives only get sweeter. So find us there at Artless Podcast. And we have a TikTok that we are slowly putting together. I put my face on there uh, the other day. You look at... Uh, oh, thanks. Uh, and that is Artlust underscore podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should know that. Uh, <laughs> okay. Art or nah? Art or nah. Okay. So, Sophie, I sent you a video, which mm. is an artwork. Or a purported artwork, perhaps, in this segment, um, called Continental Breakfast by Anna Udenberg. Hmm. So first, before we decide if it's art, yay or nay, what do we say? Yay or nay? Is that what we say? Um, yeah or nah? I don't know. Whatever you like. Um, that, that I think it depends on... That's what I say, separated <laughs> by your common language, right? Yeah. Separated by a common language. And um, on your can you describe right? the artwork? Um, okay, so it's sculptural work, uh, and they're kind of, uh, I would say, human-like figures, many of them, that are, I don't know, anthropomorphized kind of people, but also they are devices that people are supposed to kind of position themselves in, and what it does is, uh... Especially, are they dressed up as flight attendants, these women in that first clip? They kind of look like flight attendants or um, like they're in service positions, which I think Mm -hmm. is interesting. Why do you say that? Uh, Because they're in what look like almost business casual, but like old, or like, you know, like 90s flight attendant outfits. They've got like Mm -hmm. black pencil skirts, a little suit jacket. They've got stiletto heels and like the 15 denier stockings which is like such a a Qantas thing right in Australia it's like you have to wear the stockings um and then I suppose it's like I don't know I feel like I'm never as good at describing art as you are because you're just like so succinct but it's impressive yeah um so some of them are I would say like interactive or like performance based and then some of them are more kind of object based but essentially it's commentary on objectification of women right by putting women in objectified positions that are hypersexualized mm-hmm. mm-hmm. let's uh, mm-hmm. i'm gonna say okay so this is like before the you the women that <laughs> bringing the australian out into you uh um, we don't say so- that in australia it's like such an americanism i picked up on oh really yeah yeah so stuff like vag that's far more australian yeah well, because we abbreviate everything, right? We don't need a new word. Yeah. We just chop it in half. I do love that. You know, I love that. I also we, la- like that you add, you, you add O's to things. Oh, like, it's like that. there's an like, O suffix. There's the I. You do I's or O's, but you make it like people's nicknames. Like Katie instead of Kate. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know how we in the States, like, 
you know, Jackie or... Oh, in Australia, like, your nickname is likely to be longer than your actual name. If your name is John, you're Jono. Yeah, uh, that's what I mean. You add the O. Yeah. It's like so... Yeah. Like, but it's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a cute diminutive nim- diminutive way to describe things. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's like if you go to the gas station instead of the service station, it's a servo. Oh. Yeah. So spaghetti bolognese, spag yeah, bol. No, spag bol. It's like oh, the most. Don't even need the, the O. No, it's the most abbreviated. So um, we're talking about Anna Odenberg, and you were just mm-hmm. describing it. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's definitely um, it's definitely a lot to look at. Anna Odenberg is a contemporary artist born in Sweden. I think she now lives in the UK, who has made a lot of sculptures. And then also done these things where their performance art basically yeah. she does the sculpture and then she hires a performer to do the performance part of it to like inter- mm-hmm. engage with hers. And she also did these installations in Balenciaga. Oh. And um, so. And okay, now I'm, <laughs> it's coming full yeah. circle in my brain. <laughs> so art, yay or nay? I mean. I think so, yeah. Because, A, the art world has already decided it's art, right? Like, there are people who have already decided it's art. And this is kind of what we were talking about last week in terms of how art is defined by its consumers, not its creators. Um, I can't believe I had to bring up Heidegger. It's so disgusting. Um <laughs> I just don't think that all art criticism should be surrounded by, like, some guy who was a Nazi. Anyway. Um, (laughs) Your face, you're just kind of like, I know, I know. (laughs) I would say it, but it also has the cultural, it has some kind of cultural impact where I think it's either upsetting enough, it's controversial enough, it exists in that realm of, like, being an antagonist towards its viewer and I think because of that it has been picked up as art very very easily because people love that in especially performance and sculpture art right like they love this idea of things kind of having shock value I think that happens more so in this space than any other right yeah okay I'm getting this I I was getting silent nods yes I totally agree I totally agree so I think, so I got a comment, um, and I, I think you're right. Like, so art, yay or nay, it sort of is independent. Oh, this segment is great because sometimes we use act- things that have already been nominated as art and sometimes we use things that aren't. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, if it's been nominated as art, it's independent. Like, it sort of doesn't matter if we think it's art or not. Somebody yeah. else thinks it's art, right? So, like, that that's part There's of it. There's already someone who has that's put right. money and value that's right. to it. That's right. That's um, right. But the reason I bring the thing, it up, right? Like art is also like, is someone gonna? Yes, is someone gonna buy it? Is someone gonna use it as tax deduction? Yeah, that's right. That's right. So in that way, it is. But I, the reason I brought it up because today's episode is about the recent Supreme Court um, ruling about affirmative action, mm. and one of the things it's happened that in I like heard, the last day, right? Yeah, a couple of days, and it's um, a real gut punch. It sure is, and. So one of the things that I've posted about um, Anna Udenberg a couple times, and this video that I stitched had 45 million views. Wow. 
And um, I also posted about, um, what's her first name? Albuquerque? What's the woman's first name? Oh. Who does, like, also the female body, but, like, animal-like. Yeah. Or yeah Lisa yeah, yeah. Uh, Yuskovage or... Mm-hmm. Um, so these women who take sexualized women, um, and then, you know, they do artwork about it. Isabel. Uh, isn't it Isabel Albuquerque? I think so. Yeah. And yeah. so um, and so these women who do sexualized women for their art and ta- to talk about how women are sexualized, but because... It's the such art a weird world, Ouroboros. It is, right? Out of the art world. So one of the arguments against Dana Odenberg that came up in the comments is that it's problematic because mm-hmm. the art world wants people who fit into their stereotype of that thing, that minority, that, you know, category. And so for women who show women's bodies, that feels like a thing. So if you're not showing sexualized women, you might not get as much pickup. So it actually does not help women by showing more women. Well, it's it's kind of funny, right? Like, I don't think that, and we make this comparison a lot, but I don't think the, the art world functions that differently from online spaces. As much as the art world wants to consider itself as totally fucking different. Like, there's a reason this has 45 million views on TikTok and why it's controversial in the art world. It has the same fucking impact. It's just a different way of consuming. Um, God, I actually kind of think that doing my degree during the COVID lockdowns actually informed my way of reading art in a way that is never really going to exist again. Like or it's going to morph into something else like this. I like the way that I've learned to consume art through a screen now is Mm -hmm. buck wild. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I agree. I totally agree. I, yeah, I think we've all been changed by all of this, but the thing for me, you know, so thinking about this affirmative action and how it intersects art, Mm. um, I think, but first before anything, I think it is important the thing that really upset me about the affirmative action lawsuit is that so many of the people who were on it were Asians, right? Mm, mm. They perceive that as a minority. And like we know that I've had uh, issues with uh, certain Asian people on TikTok mm. who, who believe themselves to be sort of like, you know, I don't know what, like, I've, you know, like that they have special privileges because they're a minority. But Asians in higher education come from parents who have higher education. The biggest predictor of future success for kids is their parents' wealth. Yeah, no shit. And like, it doesn't change no matter what your race is. No. So like, you know, and I think that I constantly think about how these people decided to play both sides of it, right? These Asian people decided, I know that I have certain kinds of racism against me like you know like i don't but know the white least... people currently want to bring us into their census so they can maintain global power so i'm going to exactly. use that for exactly. yeah yeah exactly and i think that it is so wrong it is so wrong to take that side and i mean i'm not surprised because i think of how white so many asians act but so so already i just want to start by saying like i find it really upsetting in that way but i also think that it what it really did was it remind it for it reminds me that people have forgotten that we have had we are not a meritocracy we have never been a meritocracy society has no 
true examples of meritocracy. Maybe the closest would be um, Confucian China. Absolutely not. But for those who don't know, can you define meritocracy for us? Yeah, thank you. Um, where No hubris here. <laughs> no hubris here. Where your actions and your merit or the things that you, you earn your right to move forward in society. Yeah. I always think like meritocracy is if Candyland didn't have those jumps in it. Right, like where you know Candyland, like you've only went one step, one step, one step. You did good. They got another one. You yeah. got another one. Yeah, that's a meritocracy. But we don't. There is no such thing as a meritocracy. No, there can't be when where we specifically are in a system that's set up to let some people win and some people fail. Like it. Well, I think actually, some people. I don't know if they're set up to win. It's that they're they're. First of all, closer to the finish line. Mm -hmm. They're given like every kind of the better shoes, the blah, blah, blah. They're given every kind of advantage. Every leg up. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think like when you say they're set up to win, what the counter argument is, well, there's people who were like were born to, you know, silver spoons and didn't succeed. But that's, duh. A, that's a far less like, common story also. Right. Um. And what is their do not succeed? Their do not succeed is still probably ahead of somebody like in Appalachia, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like their do not succeed is earning like $70,000 a year. Whereas for most people, that's like, <laughs> you know, doing pretty well. Right, um, right, right. Like it is, I think that the, the, this is exactly it. That like yours, your like I talk to people all the time who are like, you need to have at least two hundred thousand dollars to a year to live in X city. Mm. And I was like, well, you don't need to, right? That there are yeah. people who don't need, who don't, they can't. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, and I think that one of the, I, I, I suppose this kind of goes without saying, but one of the worst things about this affirmative action kind of thing is that. Now, all the people who are kind of using that to hide their blatant racism, mm -hmm. which is like, I didn't get into that program because of affirmative action. It's like, well, now, where where is that, like, indignant form of just blind hatred and, like, woe is me because, you know, other people have rights? I'm, I'm really concerned where that... <laughs> yes. Where that energy and that hatred is going to start going because it's not going to dissipate because it doesn't because like our society doesn't want it to dissipate so where is like i i am now really wondering where is this kind of like pent-up aggression that happens in those spaces where is that going to now find its exit and find its yeah. like pressure pot lid mm -hmm. yeah white people white people are getting real fucking bald they're getting real fucking bald they're but I think like, it's also like, yeah. I mean, I think it's that there are. So I think that what it to me is like a real challenge. And when I think about sort of for somebody, say, going to art school, why this matters or somebody who's an artist is that it is also really important to know even when you break down these systems, it does not because there's no. And I think this is like the argument, right? Like life. um, if we keep giving people a special special rules, this is like this is the myth, right? Like we're going to give these black people, right? This, mm -hmm. I mean, this is what the, I think it's about black people, right? Black. So it's always people. about black people, right? It's always about black people. So if we give these black women, which are you know like 
these these black women who are so talkative and you know just tell you yeah. what they think if we and get I, them I also think that's a really important point it's about it's most it's about black women like yeah. the world hates black women specifically No exactly so if we um, give them a leg up if we give them an advantage you know they're just look at what they've done when they haven't had any advantages now we're going to give them an advantage and I am not going to have the chance to win because like there's a sort of fear that I somehow, it's not that, and but the problem is they're not acknowledging that they have had a leg up, right? Like legacy, you know, like I have to tell you, like I think about legacy so often, like the number of people who I know oh who went into Ivy League schools because they were a legacy. It's how whiteness keeps itself alive. And it's how these people kind of like, ensure that their money stays in the same spaces right, and right, keeps it in right. the family, right? That's right. That's right. I mean, I don't, and I don't think it's just whiteness. It's also not wealth. God, I think no. this, the thing wealth, about... Race becomes irrelevant as the exactly. more money you have. Like, come on, That's Beyonce. Right. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I think, you know, like, I think exactly that, that wealth, wealth is a, wealth is a race, right? Like, yeah. wealth is, I had a student years ago um, who was one from one of the poorest communities in our region and was a tuba player and a straight A mm -hmm. student and like really great at all kinds of things. And he wanted to go to one of the schools that has like one of the big 10 schools that has a really great uh, marching band. And, and I get that, right? Like, but I was like, okay, so you're going to go where you have a lot of loans, mm. you know? And, um, and I said, you know, you should also like talk to your counselor about, um, uh, some of the Ivy League schools because they also have marching bands. I know it's not the same. Like to, I, I can understand that you want to march in a big, awesome yeah. band, but you would have no loans, right? Uh, because so many of those schools. But that kid came. Did not parents did not have college educations? Didn't mm -hmm. had never even heard of that. What? What do you yeah. mean? I can't go to Harvard. And I was like, well, I mean, you actually could. And. What's like sad is that you're born you into knowledge and access. Alone. And that's it. Like you're yeah. born into access and knowledge. And, you know, you think about how much, e like the thing that is so sad to me is about this affirmative action thing. Do you think your kid is going to get into Harvard now? Right? Your kid's still not going to get into Harvard. I think that one of the things that, uh, and this is it, because like when white people realize they're not special, they get dangerous. And that's what I'm really concerned about is that now they don't have this veil to hide behind, which is this person's getting it because of affirmative action. And there's a, a whole generation of like incels basically that are about to realize that like, they're not special. They don't have special skills and they don't, and they don't work as hard as other people. Well, that's the thing. Like immigrants didn't take your jobs, dude. You didn't want them. I mean, Asians, are, that's the thing. Asians are here. Like I'm here because nobody wanted to treat people in inner cities yeah right people no, did not no one wanted to treat, treat black, people, black people so they brought in indian people yes. yeah yeah i mean they didn't and, Af and africans there was a number of yeah. africans who also i should say but like they didn't they didn't want to i mean chinese people if you if you've been here since the 1800s they didn't want to work on the railroad like come on the the condition of immigrancy in this country is because we need labor and the people who have been here don't want to do that labor anymore. What's well, like in the borders episode, right? How my sister was talking about like those yeah. borders, they don't exist until there's a need for them. Right. And then that's when we're moving people for like right. goods and services and things we want out of them. And then suddenly that's when we put up these like 
now that we need something from you and now that we're bringing you into the economy, we're now going to put restrictions on you and we're going to control what your life looks like. And it's just... Oh, it gives me the ick. But also, like, I chose to live here, so... <laughs> You're here now. I'm but not... I think that... I do think that... Uh... Well, oh, Australia is... <laughs> no. Um, but I think that this idea that affirmative action was a handout is astonishing because it also is like the way that I feel like we talk about welfare because welfare is coded as black, even if it's I not totally, actually. Totally. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's it's not. And all oh, those people abusing food stamps. Definitely. No, that's Whereas, white people like, who do farm, that. That's white well, people who do that. <laughs> I don't know about that. But but what about farm subsidies? We never call farm subsidies welfare, right? But it is what it's the same thing, right? Like I, I would call bailing out farm. billionaires in the middle of the pandemic lockdowns welfare. Right. With those right. welfare back to our submersible episode, didn't oh, that guy Jesus get like crazy amounts of bailout? They Nobody all did. did. They all did. And like it happened in Australia too. Like major companies got huge, huge, huge subsidies from the government. But that's not bail. that's that's not socialism. That's okay. capitalism working at its that's finest. Right. That's right. So like welfare quote unquote could exist for and this is like also in terms of like abortion access right mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. that's that's not for the working class because we want you to keep generating a working class but if my daughter gets knocked up then we're going to the abortion clinic in the middle of the night and that's accessible for us because i say so like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, these these it's... services exist for people who have decided that they are the ones who are worthy of having those yeah. and everyone else yeah. is part of a service industry to them. That That's exactly right. So I think that the thing for me about affirmative action is that they were looking, they were looking for a, another way to get themselves, to make it fair for them, mm -hmm. um, only to find, I think they're going to find, I don't think it's going to be any easier to get into Harvard. No, no, no. Like, I, like, no, no, no. You're because you until like legacies, <laughs> until they deal with legacies, I mean, I know they're being sued for now legacies because that's a different form of affirmative action. But it's still even gonna be then, the kid whose parents donated a fucking wing to the university that's gonna get in. There's no like, such thing as merit, even if not. Let's say they do away with, so they do away with legacies too. They mm -hmm. still will pick a group of people which will exclude another group of people. That is how admissions work. Somebody did not get in. Yeah. Like my daughter was saying to her- Easy, easy like, now. You're talking about equal access education. Oh, That's dangerous. Stupid. I know. My daughter was talking about, so my college famously did not, does not have legacy uh, yeah. admission. And um, her cousin, whose father also went there, we did not go at the same time. So, uh -huh. But um, her cousin got in and she was saying, I think, it's a. I think it's so interesting that you and then her cousin's father went there because it's like a really hard college to get into now, and like you have to be really smart. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Wait, are you are you insulting me and Uncle Mark? And she was like, No, it's but you're a neg. It was. Um, it was. I was like, I'm insulting us. And she said, No, Mom, I'm not. But I think it's really interesting how that college was once kind of not, like how college, the point is that her point was that colleges sh like need to seem smart. Mm. And so like when I got in, the admission rate was, was they admitted more people. Mm. And now they've decreased the admission rate because for them, having people not get in makes them a better school, right? It. Like, so it doesn't matter who's in that pool, so like, you know, 94% of people who applied will not get in. 
manufactured exclusivity. Exactly. And so she was like, and like, and her cousin is a really sweet and amazing person. And I, you know, I don't, I think that, and she is very smart. I think she is, she's also happens to have gotten amazing grades and other things, but mm. she's also very smart. So I'm very excited for her. But if you think about it, you know, and she has the humility to not think like 94% of the rest of the world is dumb. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, but mm-hmm. that's the other thing. You l- create these exclusive systems where you develop a culture where people have no humility and no empathy. I mean, going back to our issue of critical thinking, yeah. it does not, getting out of these very exclusive, you know, educational systems will not make you empathetic or a critical thinker. It's that you follow the rules. I have, I will always maintain academia is who will eat the biggest shit sandwich uh, and not say anything about it. Like it is actually a test of how much shit you're willing to take Mm -hmm. in any given context and like where your breaking point is and how much you can deliver under that kind of pressure. Absolutely. And that's why like there is no other part of your life unless you are working in an academic style or like tight deadline job where you have to do that kind of structure like it is a very academic based like obviously there are versions of it but like that kind of specific like academic circle of and like the culture that it breeds I just I don't see it as concentrated out in the world I guess Mm -hmm. No, and but but I do think so. That the the reason that I think this is germane also for our conversations about the art world is mm-hmm. even if Har- you don't you get into Harvard, congrats. Um, let's say Yale, so that you, we have a good art program. You get into Yale, congrats. Gee, you finish your Yale school. degree. Blah, blah, blah. You go to Yale MFA, congrats. You get out, right? Mm-hmm. You're white. You get out. The art world might not care because the art world also has its culture of like affirmative action. It wants what it thinks will sell. So being at grad school, I saw mm-hmm. I saw some real examples of how I thought they were like. So my my grad program, we had we had a Latina guy, we had two black guys, we had three white boys, we had a disabled guy, we had an Indian girl, uh like three girls from China, one girl from Korea and an Australian. It's like relatively diverse. Like I think that in that particular year, the program head and the admissions committee were like looking for diversity. Um, and it seemed that they hit like one from every mark because I was also like one of the queer people, right? Mm-hmm. I watched how there were systems in place to keep the people who came from money safe, especially during like Black Lives Matter and Stop mm-hmm. Asian Hate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched how there were systems in place to protect the feelings of a lot of white students and white Mm -hmm. faculty Mm -hmm. and how people who come from, let's say, these more affirmatively action spaces, right? Mm -hmm. There were no support Mm -hmm. networks. Like I sat down, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we went to a meeting with the dean of our school and I was like, okay, so you guys are doing a lot about Stop Asian Hate, mm-hmm. but where's your support for your black students right now? And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, we're, we're doing our best. And I was like, you guys, <laughs> no, that's not and it. I, and I have to say as, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it was a diversity hire. I no once had, uh, no doubt, no doubt. And I once had a boss who was, there was all this stuff about in the paper about this organization I worked in. And he proudly said, well, I have a person of color on my, on my leadership team. And I was like, wow, wow, that's who you see me as. Great. 
I am your person of color. I am your person of color. Um, Amazing. He was. It was full. Unless you're a cis het white guy, you're either a personality or diversity hire. Like no, it's really like, and what's problematic, and this is where I think also affirmative action doesn't actually matter. It's what you make of it, and if you're somebody who thinks you've gotten in there because of something like me, you probably have to work like three times as hard, because. Just because you're in, like in the arts, you're in, and it's exactly what you said. There is no support network. No. And then if you're a woman of color and you speak out, you're mouthy. You're fucked. fucked. Yeah. But this is this is the art world, right? This is like so. This is the. I mean, the reason I thought affirmative action would be a good episode is that I think some people who listen to our podcast are artists, Mm -hmm. and they, you know, are looking for like we did that episode about how do or people who are want to be in art in the art world, maybe in museums. And it's a struggle, right? And I think that the, what is important is that you're talking about the fact that these systems like affirmative action, just because you got in doesn't mean they're going to help you. They're not right? going to help doesn't you. Mean, they're not going to help you. It's just because you got the job because you were the diversity hire doesn't mean it's going to be easier for you. It's actually not. This is where I think to go back to meritocracies. And I think this is where the art world, this is where the art world is something that's very challenging for people to navigate because mm. Uh, and actually for audiences too, because I the thing I get all the time like is comments, but that's not art, right? Like to go back to the Anna Udenberg, yeah, it did get forty five million views, right? And mm-hmm. um, and I think on one level, the argument against it, not so the argument against it being good art is that she's um basically propagating these negative stereotypes of women. Right. Mm-hmm. She's earning off the backs of women, uh, exploiting women. But the other argument people make about it is that it requires no craft. Now, I don't think that it requires no craft. I think thought is a huge amount of craft. But for a lot of people whose art is about a certain specific type of craft, like realism, re- hyper realism, perhaps. Mm hmm. That is not in fashion right now. I think it is incredibly hard to understand that there is sort of this diversity higher culture in right now in the art world. So you have to be the right kind of interesting, Mm -hmm. the right kind of race, the right kind of everything to be hot. And then the right thing changes. Like I was talking to somebody who was working with a lot of African artists who's like who like basically support a whole network of like a workshop mm. and then like ghana is not cool anymore in the art world it's now korea and then yeah the, the yes community screwed yes and so like when you think like i'm gonna we've solved the problem by decreasing affirmative action in harvard what you're not seeing is that the whole system is is it's a whole system right and like you fixing that thing fixed nothing yeah it only de- it only basically increased the inequity. You're st- you're not going to get into Harvard, and if you're a realist white painter, you're still not going to get. You're not nothing's going to happen to you. Yale's right because Harvard doesn't have a yeah, yeah, same thing. But yeah. like six of one, half a dozen of the other. Um, I I think that this is something that I I really don't I can't downplay enough how important trends are. Uh, in all of this right yes like it doesn't it doesn't fucking you could be the best in your field like i basically said this in my video the other day which is like you know i'm one of the only i'm like a handful of people in the world who can render skin tone accurately of all kinds on this process yeah that doesn't matter 
It doesn't fucking matter. No one cares because it's cares. not trendy. That's right. I, I think that, yes, I think for people, maybe hopefully it's a little bit empowering to realize it isn't you, right? Like art, the art world is not meritocracy. Mm-mm. You know, that, that, and even if we, like, there's no, there's no system of official affirmative action in the art world, there's always a trend. So like the trend is basically like a form of, you know, like the trend right now is, is men of color, right? So like men of color is the big deal. But it's like black men specifically. Yes, um, it is black men. It is you know, black like, men. Like the black vanguard whole thing yeah. that was like a really big deal. Yes. Oh my God, three years ago now? Four years? Yeah. Four, yeah. Time flies. Um, Derek Adams. I mean, and what's sad is that to me that it's not like I really thing. like not the work. No, it's neither bad or good. It just yeah. exists, right? But, like, I really like Derek Adams' work. Mm. Um, but I could see in four years, somebody's like, well, that's out now. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I'm, like, I'm just like, I, honest to God, I am waiting for the art cycle of people to recognize, like, what I'm doing again. Uh-huh. And then it'll get picked up at the right time. Right. I also, just... I also don't care. Like, I have a part of, I have some artwork. Because, like, you know, the world loves hearing from white people about climate right now for whatever like don't don't go to the uh, first nations and indigenous people and ask them about climate go to the white artists and the people who are in proximity to making damage those are the ones that we want to hear about like the cognitive crisis from so like i'm riding that wave i'm allowing that to happen i have some like weird feelings about having artwork about this kind of stuff and i've tried to i've started shifting the language more to it's about the photographic rather than about the australian landscape because it is about the photographic and how we can experience the world through it. Well, whatever landscape that is you're in. But like, I, I also think it's important to have work if you can. This is just like something that I think from my personal experience, try and have work that you create for the art world to see that fits into trends and then have a side of your practice that's for you. And because that's like, if you're constantly, advice. if you're constantly creating artwork mm-hmm. for a system, you're losing sight of why you're making work in the first place, which is to express yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's a great, because what, what we're saying is, you know, that you cannot control the trends. No. And so you feel out of control. It, it is exhausting and frustrating. The amount of money I've spent on applications that have just gone and pissed yeah. into the wind because it's not trendy right now. Yeah. Is, it's a lot. It is. It's a lot. And I I think the thing that's even harder is for people, it's not just out of control. It's like it's hard to predict, right? There's no predictive. No. Well, it's like like trends. It's like internet trends, right? It is like internet trends. You don't know. We don't know. We don't know what's going to like hit the collective brain. And it's going to scratch that little itch at the right time, right? Because right? right, right. that's what trends are. They're like, right. that's kind of, I just kind of love the culture of fucking TikTok. Just because I love witnessing how quickly things go from existing in this like non-space to becoming yeah. transcending like like actual physical boundaries and becoming something that exists in the world. Yeah. And then just so cool. Yeah, like so the cool. one margarita, two margarita, it's gone. 
And then remember, I th- like Hank Green made a video about it, but there was that video and like song ages, like, you know, a couple of years ago where like little ding, everyone did like the wrist flick. And then he had the video where he was like, oh, I love seeing how this thing that started on the internet now exists in physical space. And it's a bunch of people at a concert, like doing that together, like at the same time. But it's, it's, I love it because it's a real kind of, it's just something that's kind of wonderful to think about, right? How we kind of have these like things that exist that aren't physical, that are a manifestation of kind of like our collective brain. Mm -hmm. And then you see them happening in physical time in real space. And it's like, oh, that's a form of art, like in its own kind of right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like taking this thing that's conceptual and bringing it out into a physical space where people yeah. can engage with it. And like, but that—that's like to to go back to this whole thing about college. Mm. The thing that I think is so interesting about affirmative action and why it's such a um, palpable—it was so upsetting to people—is because they know how much that transforms people's lives, right? Like. I think that the thing, you know, like talking about TikTok trends are coming to physical space, those are like kind of, they don't matter, right? They're just like ephemeral. Yeah. But it is actually this idea that that moment in somebody's life could change their whole existence. Yep. Yep. Right? They're admitting that this is like a transformational moment. What they're not admitting to is the idea that everything else is rigged based on where you go to school. Yeah. Well, stop pulling that thread. <laughs> right. I mean, everything is rigged, right? Like that's there is no meritocracy, and that's where for like for artists and people in the art world, that is like it's it's so that is hard. Like they really want to believe that we are giving you the best of contemporary art at this moment, when really what they're doing is sharing the trend. I can't wait for the fact that I'm either never going to be invited back to grad school for the things we say to speak, or it's going to have such a cultural impact one day that they're going to be like, fuck, all right, you better come back and speak to the students. Uh, <laughs> like, it's either, I don't really care either way. And I, like, one of the things that really kind of fucked me up was that leaving grad school and putting that, um, you know, for me as a fraud video on the internet. And when it really kind of, when I really realized that like, oh, the cultural impact is not in the art world anymore. Like that's kind of where it used to sit and where the commentary used to happen because that's where it was most accessible and that's where people kind of found it. That's not the case anymore. And I don't think the art world like functions in the same way. Yeah. I um, I and I actually, I actually prefer seeing, like, I prefer seeing content from people of color in its most like i don't want to say organic form but like outside of those structures i love seeing what people are creating in their own little corner of the internet i mean the problem about all of these things is people want to believe they're independent their merit is independent of the system but the system is basically trying to profit off of people continue to profit off of people and also to keep white people in power Yes. It's like that's one thing that kind of frustrates me is that we're kind of like, oh, these voices in the art world are kind of going to make change. Or whatever. It's like, well, they'll have an impact. But the right. people who are funding that and who are creating right. the show, they don't want equity. Like, no. they don't. If you took the tax break out of art, the oh, art world God. would be different. Man. It would well, just it be completely be the same. It wouldn't even no. be the same. It'd be so awesome. <laughs> so awesome. Pull one out for oh the alternate God. reality. 
I would love the alternative. I mean, like, think about that. The alternative reality of the art world not being a tax break. I think about this all the time. I think about this all the fucking time. Like, what would... And this is why... And that's why I kind of think that, like, you know, it's fun and exciting to see online what people are doing in their own spaces. And I think the art world tries to commodify that by selling us those stereotypes of what that looks like. Yeah. Right? I agree. I um, agree. And it, but it, it just becomes this like watered down, sterilized version of what people are actually doing, right? It's so boring. And it's really, I think, the other thing that's really I want to say that's affirmative action. It's boring. It's the way no. it's curated. That's boring. exactly well. But even like the thing about the affirmative action in the art world is, then if you're somebody like Hannah Gadsby, and you know you do an exhibition, you will always be criticized. As we, they did this as a stunt so they could look like the affirmative yeah. action. So yeah. even, I mean, I do actually think they did do this as a stunt so they could look like affirmative action. But, no, it, I, but think that, I think that's one of the reasons that I like, the, and one of the things I couldn't articulate, which was like why it felt so icky to me that it was like, and I, because I, editing that episode, I was like, it's clearly a stunt. It's clearly a stunt. And like, I just couldn't get past it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and if you're not doing it as a stunt, if it's doing, you're doing it out of some sort of, I don't know, something in there then it will always be called a stunt, mm-hmm. right? Like it doesn't matter in some ways, like this whole affirmative action thing doesn't in fact matter in the art world because they're still going to always act in that way. Because well, you're still going to be othered. Like yes. you're still an other. And if you're, you're not, got, if you're like, not you fucking tapped, Picasso, right? you're an right. other. Right, it's like, it's like some sort of game of like duck, duck, goose. Mm-hmm. Where this week you're goose, next week you're yeah. goose. You know, like, and it's so like you'll never, you're never picking who's goose. No. I realize I just screwed up that game because you do get to pick when you are the goose. But you know what I mean? Like that you're never going to get to be, you're never going to be the person who's the picker. That was one of your worst metaphors. Well done. Ever, ever, <laughs> ever. Really, I like totally screwed it up. It's the opposite of a game of Duck, Duck, Goose. You'll never there be you goose. <laughs> there you go. Damn it. Um, so, Fuck. Uh, so I just, I think that it's just too bad because they put, they're, 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 it's, it's a situation where you'll never, you're not in control. That's the problem. And the thing is, like, you know, and the experiences I've had in the last year, I've realized that very much the way to be in control of those things is to be in proximity to people who have power and money already. Yeah, I mean, you have to play the game. That's the sad thing. While, while we're talking about trends, I don't want to negate the power of the work that does succeed. Yeah. Because you still, to succeed, have to have very good work. Of course. Like, I don't see, I don't see anybody who's gotten in on a trend and the work is really crappy. No. Right? So, like, I don't, I think that, that the opposite is not true. It's not that, and this is the thing about affirmative action in universities. It's not that the students who got in were bad. Yeah. Right? And it's the same in the art world. It's not that because Derek, you know, Adams is good, it's good work. It came yeah. in also because people wanted that trend, but it's also good work. And so I think that that there is still merit. It is that it merit is not alone what gets you in. No, and it never will be in our current system, um, which is why I'm going to this fucking show tonight to show my face and to make sure that people yes. know who I am. And... I mean, that's the thing. You got to still play the game. Like you still have to live your life and you still have to get success the way you need the the success you want. So you still have to play the game. Like it exists. You need to know it exists. And then you got to play the game you want to, you choose to play. You don't have to play the same game as everyone else, but you have to play the game. And like me, I've made an active choice to like do it my own way. Yeah. And I also, yeah. And like I, 
And I got a comment the other day from Cindy. Hey, Cindy. I'm going to probably say, hey, Cindy, every episode now. Um, how uh, She was like, you know, you you really get some amazing people to come into your studio. And I was like, yeah, and I've done, I didn't make a video, but I was like, God damn, I really do, don't I? Like I, I've got like, you know, relatively like known-ish influencers and I've got like the fashion lady now and I'm kind of, and like I've done all of that on my own without a manager, without yeah. a yeah. dealer. Like that is just me contacting people or yeah. meeting people That's and right. just being like, that's right. You want to, and like the work yeah. the thing is, the work does the heavy lifting. Like actually, that's I, I don't think I have a personality that actually draws people. Oh, way. stop! That's not true. No, but like I, mm, I don't know. I think some people meet me and they're like, "Wow, you're kind of a cunt." And I'm like, "Yes, so yes." Same, so. same, I am. Same, same, same. Lots of people dislike me. So we like to end these episodes with a media recommendation, and yeah. I have one that actually is germane to this conversation. Um, as I try to make them all, um. So it's a book I read a long time ago, but I think it's really germane. I've been thinking about it since this affirmative action suit. It's by mm-hmm. Heather Demetrius, mm-hmm. and it's a romance novel called I'll Meet You There. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, I went through a moment where I was reading a lot of romance novels, and a number of them had one-legged Marines, mm-hmm. people who had been amputated in war. I guess, you know, there's a trope for everything in the romance world. Well, and But course. this one... This one, the reason I bring it up now is because one of the things that really upsets me about the art world is the fact that whatever we're talking about, the one group that will never, ever really get ahead are people who came from very low socioeconomic backgrounds. Yep. And so this... Don't you know? They're the people who do crafts. Oh, my God. Not art. (laughs) And so this book is about a girl who lives in the Central Valley of California. And I've spent in my childhood a lot of time in the Central Valley of California. Mm -hmm. And it is godforsaken. I mean, it is. there's a reason that it was the first hotbed, one of the first hotbeds of meth. There is, it is, I mean, the the lands, lots of the landscape, it is not the California of, that you see on TV. I was about to say, it's much like country Australia, right? Where like, you live in the country and you either like, and I mean, I would guess country Australia must be expensive because Central Valley is expensive. It's not cheap, right? Because you're in California. And Living so in Australia is just expensive. Yeah. So like, it's like, it's expensive. It's unhappy. It's full of meth, like meth, you know, just it's a mess. And um, it's people whose families maybe like came from the Dust Bowl. And, you know, like these mm-hmm. are people who have generations of really like challenges and so for a lot of these people, your jobs, the jobs options are very few. And so this one person in this book goes to be in the military. And he was a real jerk in the military before in high school. And then another girl um, decides that she is not going to she's going to not have sex in high school because she doesn't want to get pregnant. And she wants to get out because she wants to be an artist. Mm. And she's going to go to college in San Francisco for an artist, which happens to be the school that actually is going under, which I think is interesting now. This book's from a while ago. Interesting. But she makes collages, mm. a pa- torn paper collages in this book. And I'm sure that the writer knows nothing about the art world. And that's why <clears> they wrote this. But um, but what I and she got in and she's going to go and then she falls in love with this Marine. And that's that part is like just a sort of regular romance but Mm -hmm. to me one of the things that I think is very interesting and I think it might have been accidental I don't know much about the author I'll tell you but none of the the other follow-up book wasn't it I had read it too and it was not about the art world is that this story is completely a fairy tale because that girl is going to get rocked in art school 
And then her work is going to be either she's going to have to change to fit a different narrative Mm -hmm. and tell stories about poverty or she's out like she's not going to make it in the art world. And I think it's a really good example of how you can tell me that affirmative action gives this person a leg up, but the system isn't going to work for them and they're going to be out anyway. I got so much flack for this in school when I brought up that like people of color are especially only allowed to tell stories from that experience. I had white professors slam me for that. They were like, that's not true. That's not true. You have the liberty to talk about whatever you want in the art world. I was like, that's a fucking lie. That's a fucking lie. Because, like, I'm allowed to come into art school and I'm allowed to talk about the queer experience, climate change, being a white Australian. I'm allowed to play in every any area I want. Mm -hmm. Any area I want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it is never defined by my fucking race. It's amazing. It's never amazing. It's it amazing. Was, and it never will be. It well, never our economy, be. right? If it's it race yeah. and economy. So if you're exactly. high, uh, like a high upper middle class white woman, woman is what you're going to have to talk about. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, it's crazy. So do you have a media recommendation? Yeah, I'm going to recommend the artist that I'm going to see uh, yes. uh, the solo show of this evening, uh-huh. Anthony uh-huh. Peyton Young. Okay. Uh, and he's a traditional artist. He does uh, paintings. Uh-huh. Uh, and I believe the show I'm seeing tonight is his first solo exhibition, As Above, So Below, uh-huh. is what it's called. Um, and I believe they are paintings that were created and generated, uh, like, conceptually, I think, through AI prompts and was, like, influenced by AI. I think it's... Well, talk about trends. <laughs> it's a black man doing AI inspired or like influenced stuff. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, obviously, but I just think it's very indicative of like what the art world is looking for right now. You know? Yep. Yep. Very much um, so. Very much Just so. like I was thinking about it the other day, how all of my old professors in these programs are now going to be inundated with undergrads who are making AI shit. Oh, I'm sure. I am sure. Oh my God. Oh my God. I don't know. We should, that would be it. That we do have to do it. AI episode. All right. So, thank you for listening. You can always follow us at artlust underscore podcast on TikTok. You could please, 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 please follow us on something like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Mm-hmm. You could do reviews. You could email us at artlust po- uh, artlustpodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. You could follow me, Seema, at artlust, A-R-T-L-U-S-T. And you can find me, Sophie, at Darkroom Varmint. Darkroom, as you would hopefully expect, I have like acid reflux in the middle of that. <laughs> V-A-R-M-I-N-T. Uh, that's my coffee making an appearance again. Uh, saying Thank why. you for listening. Thanks, friends. I had to pee so bad. I, I, figured, I figured something was going on. You're like, I gotta go. I have to pee. Like when I was like, I have to do the book thing. I'll be right back. Let me just go pee. <laughs>